the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for a Wednesday, May 24th, 2017. This is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling. As the golf season moves on, the baseball season moves on. It's a beautiful, probably 65 degrees under sunny skies here in the swamps. Uh, we've been doing the show uh, in a couple different ways since we moved to Podbean, and I wanted to try a little bit of a monologue. It's going to be very short, just to talk about the golf season. This has been a weird golf season. We've had a lot of blowouts. We've had, now I think it's 14 straight events that have seen their final round rating be lower than it was last year. We've seen, um, in a weird way, some big-name struggle, like the Speeds and the Days and the Rory's and the Scots, and we've seen bizarreness. Um, we've seen greatness like Sergio at Augusta. We've seen stuff like James Hahn almost holing out last week and ultimately Jason Day missing a short putt giving um, the title to Billy Horschel. So it's an interesting golf season. We're going to talk a lot of golf over the next couple of weeks and uh, we shall see how things progress. But um, it's just one of those quirky stretches that we get in golf where right now the cream is not quite rising uh, to the top and that's leading to the scenario that we're getting our guest on today's teeing it up with jeremy Schilling show on Podbean and itunes is the great tj harrigan fantasy editor for mlb.com and we welcome him to the show now hello sir hey how's it going you know it's funny uh i i just picked up and you know, since it's the house phone, it technically could have been anybody, and uh, your caller ID does not specify who you are, and I realized that I could have just let any random person on the air. <laughs> Telemarketer. Which, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> because the generic New York, quote-unquote, name, um, you know, could be literally anybody. So that's your, you know, that's your premise for tonight's Teeing It Up. Isn't that a wonderful way to start the show? <laughs> I feel like I start you off in a unique way every time you come on the show. Yeah, it's always an adventure. Isn't that it, well? Well, that's why you—that's uh, why you say yes, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, let's start here. Is Aaron Judge a god? I mean, he might be judging by his—oh, no pun intended—but judging by his uh, <laughs> judging by his batted ball, the data that he's just turn, turning out, he's just crushing the ball and. He seems like the real deal. He he's uh, just made so many advancements from what the guy he was just for briefly last year, just chasing everything, flailing at everything out of the zone. He's just changed his approach already, and and made he's still striking out a lot, but he but he's just way more. He's got a way more advanced approach to the plate, I think, and is just killing, just crushing the ball regularly. Um, and 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 just so people know what you're talking about, um. You are referring to the exit velocity data, which I believe is some of the highest for him that's ever been recorded in the history of them tracking exit velocity, correct? Yeah, so they've been, StackCast has been, uh, MLB.com has uh, introduced StackCast back in 2015 park, uh, park-wide, like uh, MLB-wide, I mean, all 30 parks. And, well, he's second in average velocity right now. And uh, some of the you know some of the balls like the single single uh, ball velocities that he's recording are, are some of the highest that have been recorded. And we're talking about getting close to 120 miles an hour off the bat, which is just crazy. 
it's just totally crazy if you um, uh, haven't delved into that stuff yet. It's just, you know, he... And he's a great fielder, which I think is the even crazier part about this is that not only does he have all the tools um, um, in that area, um, but he's he's a great fielder and he's got all the um, things that you want to see out of somebody to be an everyday outfielder. Yeah, I mean, and normally you wouldn't expect a guy that big to, to be able to move and to be able to get get to the balls that he's been getting to, but, he, but he's just been great all around and you just have to be smiling right now if you're the Yankees. That you do. All right, let's let's go through this. We're basically a month, almost two months into the season, uh, a month and a half, two months. From a fantasy perspective, because this is what you do every day, uh, who are your surprises? Uh, well, one of the biggest surprises, I think, is Abisail Garcia from uh, the White Sox. A couple, uh, he's just been putting up huge numbers, and, and that really out of nowhere, he, he wasn't really very good the past few years. Uh, I'll just reel off a few, and then I'll let you know let you know uh, what I think, uh, if they're going to keep it up or not. I, I think Irvin Santana is another guy. He, he's uh, he's thrown two shutouts already. His ERA is under two, I think. Um, obviously, Judge, Judge is one of them. Um, Eric, uh, Eric Thames was like the star of April after coming back from Korea. Um, and then staying in New York with uh, along with Judge across town, Michael Conforto has been a huge surprise. So, and one of the few like, bright surprises for the Mets. Yeah, I mean he he Michael Conforto he wasn't even a lock to make the opening day roster. He might not have even made the opening day roster if Lagares wasn't hurt. And now he's uh, carrying their offense, which is just crazy. I mean it's it's for a team that's been so beset by. Weird injuries, pitching, um, you know, all sorts of other things on and off the golf. Uh, uh, sorry, golf course. See, see what happens to me. I do a monologue about golf for the first time in months, and now I, I can't, you know, I, I, I can't keep it together. Go figure. Um, uh, I do like, I do like Conforto to keep it up. He's a. Uh, He's finally holding. I mean, he's he's still not getting like everyday playing time against lefties. I think they're going to start seeing him be in the line, lineup every day. But he, he's starting to hold his own against lefties, which he didn't do in the past few years. He's using the whole field. I was looking up some of his stats. He's he's got uh, he's already got five opposite field goals. He's got four home runs, campus center, and then he's pulled four. So he's just using the whole field. I definitely like him to to keep it up. He needs to be to be owned across the board, I think, in any fantasy league you're in. Yeah, and and uh, 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 just to finish up the circle that I'm saying, is that with Conforto being the bright spot, it's giving Met fans at least some reason to tune in, because on some nights with that bullpen and, and, and the depleted starting pitching, it's been a tough right. watch. Right, absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's keep going. He's been great. Um, keeping, keeping it rolling. Well... But I mentioned Garcia. Right. Um, I'm, not, I'm not really buying in on him, to be honest. I uh, he, he was compared to Miguel Cabrera coming through the uh, to the through the Tiger system. Now he's with the White Sox, but I, I don't see it. I, I, he's putting up huge numbers, but he's got a similar batted ball breakdown to the, what he's done in the past. His 
this fly ball rate is still below 30%. And, you know, for someone to be a big-time power hitter, you're going to want to see them more towards, like, 40%. And, you know, his plate discipline's still a concern. Um, he's got, like, eight walks all year, I think. Still chasing a lot of pitches out of the zone. So if, you're, if you've been relying on Avisayo Garcia, I'd, uh, I'd start shopping him. And the same goes for Irvin Santana. He's, uh, he's got, a, I think he's got a batting average on balls and play only 136 this season. And the MLB average is uh, 291. So, and he's striking out less than two batters for every guy he walks. So, Irvin Santana's another guy. Shop, shop him around those flashy numbers he's got. Could, could fetch someone that will be more valuable in the long run. And also, um, you know, when when you're dealing with pitchers, um, you never know what's going to happen. You could have a, a a bad month. You can run into a buzzsaw. You can, you know, have stiffness in something. It's it, it's you know, especially with these with these high flying, um, you know, flame throwing pitchers, it can be tough. Right. Yeah, uh, and Santana's been around the block. We we uh, we've never seen anything like this from him before. I mean, he did throw a no hitter once, but but he's generally been a league average guy and. The, num- the the underlying numbers don't really support him being being an ace. So if you can get an eight, a real ace for him in a fantasy league, uh, I would definitely explore that possibility. And next up, we have um, uh, sorry, Eric Thames, who, as you said before, you know he's a name that pops up from time to time and then doesn't always uh, stay consistent for the entire you know 160 uh, two game stretch of the season. Yeah, well, he just uh, he just came back from Korea. He uh, and he put up some Barry Bonds like numbers over there, which is crazy. And 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 that's you know, my whole thing is that when you go to Korea, there's a reason why you went to Korea in the first place. Now you come back. He was a menace over there, and he's gotten off to a hot start here. But who knows if he can carry it? Uh, so I carry that on, and I believe that the U.S. Um, 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 schedule is a longer schedule than in Korea, correct? I believe so. I, yeah, he's I, that. That'll be the one concern for me. It's his body wearing down. Exactly. But yeah. So far, he he looks like the real deal. His uh, his plate discipline is excellent. He's not striking out a ton, for, especially for a guy that hits for a lot of power. He's still hitting over three hundred. He's uh, yeah. The, the wear down of the of the schedule would be the only thing I was concerned. I would be concerned about. But so far, he's just. He looks like the real deal. I, I wouldn't be selling him real hard if I ha- if I owned him. Uh, before we get to fantasy disappointments, let me use this as an opportunity to ask you something that you probably get a lot, um, which is, I, I I would be curious from a fantasy perspective how long of a slump with a guy you can actually sit through and still be okay on your team if your team is deep enough. So let's say you have a guy. Um, you know what, and, and and I'm not saying the Mike Trout's of the world, but but guys like Aaron Judge have gotten off these really hot starts, small career sample size, but 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 this size has been really impressive. You have him, you've been starting him. He's been a, a big part of your team's success. If he hits a slump, how long do you stay with him through the slump before you go another direction? Yeah, I think you. 
I think it depends, obviously, on the track record, like you said. But a, a guy like Judge, I mean, from what he's shown so far, if he if he went into a a few week slump, I don't, I don't think you'd be you'd be cutting him right away. Maybe you'd be getting a little worried, but I, I think you give him at least at least a month and before you start exploring other options, especially depending on with all the data we have available now, you can you can tell what's how a player's playing besides the surface numbers. You know, if he's still wrapping out hits like like uh, exit velocity, high exit velocity, if he's still doing that on a consistent basis and, and really his strikeout rate doesn't spike and, and it's really just a lot, uh, situation where he's going through some bad luck, you, you know he, he might turn it around. Now, if, he, if his strikeout rate spikes, he's all of a sudden he's striking out 50% of the time really struggling and his exit velocity dips, then you might change your mind. But I, I would still say you got to give him a month at least how much of an advanced stats guy are you in terms of judging this from a fantasy perspective? Because we talk about this all the time, um, you know, in, 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 in sports, you know, take basketball, for example, with the sports view stats. It's really cool when you're, when you're sitting down actually watching a game and, and, and if you're interested in, in reading about it and, and trying to um, understand why somebody's good or or have a better appreciation same thing for baseball where you always have these back and forth discussions about best ever and stats like war that can um try their best to equate um by and the cross generation but from a a fantasy perspective do the stats lie in terms of whether to move on from somebody or start somebody or is some of this stuff still so proprietary especially with the stat cast stuff um that it, you know, it's not something you really want to be honing in on too much when figuring out what to do with a certain player you have. Uh, no, I, de- I definitely think it's it's uh, a huge resource, especially the stack cast stuff. I, I think it's uh, it really can tell you how a guy's doing in in terms of even if the results aren't there, it can tell you how his approach is. It can tell you what he might what might happen in the future, and even if it's you know some of the advanced stats that have been around. Uh, longer than just a, a couple of years still have great predictive value more even more so than um, you know some of the traditional numbers so I think you need to be in tune with all of that and obviously take some of the grain of salt but in, ter- in terms of fantasy where numbers are everything it's uh, it could be a huge resource for you it is a fascinating world out there that's um uh, and and it's changing the way we look at everything. You know, uh, us golfers, uh, for my golf fan friends out there, um, you look at a stat like strokes gained, um, you know, tee to green, for example, or especially off the tee if you're on a driver's, you know, golf course where you got to hit the fairway, it's the best stat around for evaluating it, not, you know, driving accuracy, not driving distance, not total driving. It's strokes gained off the tee. Analytics can, can, can really have a big factor when it comes to fantasy. All right, let's go through some of these fantasy disappointments and if they'll bounce back as the season goes on. And that starts out with Manny Machado, who has had some off-the-field issues, um, or, or not off-the-field, but some issues involving um, baseball's unwritten rules this year um, uh, besides his on-field production. Right. Um, well... This ties into some of the stuff we were just talking about. Machado is a guy who he really comes out looking favorable. 
um, when you're looking at some of those, the same stuff with Aaron, Aaron Judge, the batted ball data, he, he looks like he's just, you know, he's really ripping the ball, and it's only a matter of time before this guy stats start showing, start showing up uh, on the surface, and, you know, Miguel Cabrera is another guy that, that uh, goes right alongside that. Those are two two guys I'd really look to buy a low on if you're in a fantasy league. Um, they still have big name value, so you're not going to be able to get them for nothing. But but people might be getting frustrated. You know, we're getting close to June, and uh, people they they may have drafted Miggy and, and Manny Machado in the first round or the early second round, and they might be looking to get with move on from them. And uh, people could swoop in and get the get the nice production for the next four months. Next up is Miggy, who uh, a lot of people, for for a long time, nobody would have thought that um, Mr. Miguel Cabrera would be in this category. But as we talked to TJ Harrigan from MLB.com Fantasy Editor, here he is. Well, yeah, that, like I just said, uh, you know, Manny and Miggy go go hand in hand. They they both struggled this year, but but uh, I really like how the underlying data. Is, it really supports a turnaround for both of them. So I definitely, I'd go after them. I'd trade for both of them. And and you know what's interesting about that too um, is that when you look at a, a guy like Miguel Cabrera, there's at least pedigree there. You know, you, and 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 that goes back to what we said before with Aaron Judge. There's no historical pedigree there. There is there with a guy like um, Miggy or a guy like Machado. Right, and and uh, you know to to loop the stack that stuff back in, that would be a good place to use that kind of advanced stuff. But with uh, with a guy like Miguel, if he if he um, if his stats were changing and, and he wasn't hitting the ball as hard, you could maybe say you know age might be catching up to him, his bat speed slowing down, but it, it isn't at all. He's he's still crushing the ball, and um, you know it just seems to be a little bit of bad luck where he's hitting it and. I just think he's going to end up right where he usually is. Uh, talking to TJ Harrigan here from MLB.com about fantasy stuff. Um, Anthony Rizzo is is next up on this list. Look, there's a lot of Cubs who had a really interesting offseason, um, and, and rightly so considering everything they did. But he's gotten off to a struggle. You would think with that lineup and that team, and, and Joe Madden, that it's only a matter of time from a baseball perspective that he turns around. The question is, what do you do from a fantasy perspective? Yeah, I, I, I really like Rizzo, too, to turn it around. He's only hitting two twenty four, but he's, uh, he's still getting his walks. He's still, you know, this is a guy that actually doesn't, doesn't show up that favorably on the uh, batted ball data like, like Machado and Miggy do, but, but he's still taking his walks. He's got a, a career low strikeout rate, and those are two things I always like to look at for. You know, it shows me what kind of approach he's using at the plate. Um, I think he's gonna he's gonna get it together, and now's a great time to swoop in and, and pick him up and uh, pick him up in a trade. And 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 also, you know, he gets protection in that lineup, and a lot of these you know fantasy stars don't have protection. Guys like Mike Trout, who's playing on an awful team in an awful lineup, is doing this basically single-handedly. Um, you know, he's going to get the protection to get him good pitches as he um, uh, gets hotter and hotter. Uh, right, and also, you know, RBIs and runs are, are two standard uh, fantasy categories. So that once he 
starts reaching base more often, he's going to have a chance to score. He's gonna, and he's also going to, once he starts hitting the ball for more hits, he's going to start having a chance to drive in people. So, yeah, being in the great lineup is uh, another bonus for him. Uh, talking to TJ Harrigan, um, we've got three pitchers now, Jake Arrieta, Johnny Cueto, and, and Masahiro Tanaka, who are on this disappointment list. And, TJ, I was listening to um, Yankee manager Joe uh, 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 sorry, Joe Girardi on a uh, radio interview on the way home, and 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 he basically said, "Look, he's had a couple bad starts. This is a big start for him tonight to get back on track. Um, his splitter hasn't been uh, splitting, um, and it's been weird to see a guy like this struggle so much. And, and and he thinks he just needs a couple confident starts to get himself back on track. What's your read? Yeah, the the ball's really flying out of the park against him. He's giving up a lot of hard contact. His, his home runs are way his home run rate is way up. Um, it's uh, three of these three guys, especially. I mean, Tanaka is probably the, the last guy I'd want out of the three that you just named. But but uh, you're probably not dropping him anywhere in, in any fantasy league based on the track record and and what he might be capable of. But I'm also not going out and, and targeting him in a trade or anything like that. He's not a very good uh, buy low candidate based on. It's a situation where if you drafted him, you just have to hope for the best and see what happens. I, I wouldn't give him away, but I also wouldn't be uh, trying to trade for him either. Now we get to uh, uh, Jake Arrieta, who, look, he's getting up there in age. Yeah, I mean, he, he, didn't, he didn't come around uh, to be an ace until two years ago, so or he started, he started his rise about three years ago, and... So he doesn't have a mileage on him as a, a typical like 32-year-old would or whatever he is, 31, 32. But his velocity is is way down this year, a couple ticks. I think he's learning learning how to pitch differently. He's uh, changing his pitch deployment. Um, it's another guy I I expect him to improve, but but uh, people shouldn't expect him to rebound to be the guy he was two years ago, which was just an insane ace. I think he'll be serviceable, though. It, it it is crazy how um, uh, how good he is when he's on, and, and and fantasy owners can only hope that he can get back there. And finally, we have Johnny Cueto, um, who has traveled uh, who has traveled some over the past couple of years. I I really thought that that he would be a Cincinnati Red for a long time, but those teams stunk and they moved on. Yeah. Um, I, I do like out of the three. I, I do like Cueto to to bounce back more than more than the others. He he. Uh, the profile looks the same besides that, as he the guy he was a few years ago. Besides uh, his home run rates up, he's he's been allowing a lot of home runs. But he he said he's been dealing with some blisters that haven't been able to you know get get at the movement he wants on on his pitches. Uh, but the K to B K to B B ratio looks pretty much the same. You know, I it's just. It's just a matter of uh, keeping the ball down more, I think, for him. I, uh, I'm more optimistic on Cueto than the other two pitchers you mentioned. All right, so that's that's the fantasy look at things. Let's wrap this up with an actual baseball look at things. Um, right. And and, and, and then, look, I, I never expected the Yankees to be this good this fast, but they've gotten good hitting. They've gotten... Uh, you know, play out of guys like Gardner to complement what Judge has done, um, and and you look at, um, you know, what they're doing. I don't know if they can keep this up over the long haul, but they've gotten themselves, you know, 
off to the exact start they needed. Yeah, I'm. I, I like them to stay. I like them to stay in it. I like them to stay right in the division race, and you know, they just uh, they they'll need. I think they need to knock it out to, to come around to to have any real shot. I I am with you totally on that two game lead right now in the AL East over Baltimore, three and a half over Boston. Um, the Twins, I mean, if, if you don't follow baseball, you may not realize that the Twins that were the bottom feeders of baseball and just were fielding truly awful baseball teams for a couple of years are now number one in the Central. And the Kansas City Royals, who a lot of people, I think, thought would have kept this run going, are now dead last. Yeah, the, uh, the world got off to a really terrible start offensively, and now they've had some uh, rotation injuries lately. Their offense is coming around. The Twins just continue to, they seem like a mirage to me based on the pitching they have, but, I mean, they they built themselves a nice cushion so far, and Miguel Sano is a, a monster in that middle of that order. I, I see them fading, though, and Cleveland eventually taking that taking that division, and maybe even Detroit making a run. Seems, over, uh, over Minnesota. Seems like Houston's finally that consistent perennial contender that they've been hinting at for a while. They got a seven-game lead right now in the AL West at 31-15. and 15. Seems like that um, league change and all the young people they have, guys like, uh, 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 sorry, Carrera, it, 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 it was only a matter of time for them, and they're finally doing it on a consistent basis. Yeah, it's going to be a matter of, you know, if their pitching can stay healthy. McCullers has been looked like an ace this year, he, but he's had some injuries in the past. And Keigel, Keigel's on the DL right now with a, a pinched nerve in his neck. So, But he's supposed to come back Saturday. They just need, uh, if their pitching can stay healthy, they, they look like they're going to run away with it. Because Texas Hamels is out, and Texas made a nice little run, but I think they're going to settle out around to be a, around the 500 team now. Texas 8-2 and two over their last 10. In the National League, we've got the the NLEs, which is just an atrocious division. I mean, just you know, you you you've got Washington and basically teams under five hundred. You've got Milwaukee, St. Louis, the Cubs that are all between one game of each other. How do you see that division shaking out? And obviously, Cincinnati is only three and a half games back, but they're three games under five hundred. Right now, four games over 500 leaves that division. I don't think people thought the Cubs would struggle this much out of the box, but as I said while talking fantasy, it's so tough to repeat after what happened last year. Yeah, I, uh, I do think the Cubs have too much talent to struggle this long, for this long uh, going into June, but you know, they, I mean, they just called up another one of their top prospects, uh, Ian Happ, and he's looked great. I think, I think they're, it's going to be a matter of time before their guys start coming together. But you know, the Cardinals look good. The Brewers look good. It's going to be a much closer fight than people thought, I think. And then, out west, um, it's not the Giants. <laughs> it's not the Dodgers. They're, they're, they're close, but not quite in first. And in, and in a division where we have so rarely um, said their names in this context, the Colorado Rockies playing in that stadium... 13 and 10 at Coors Field, seven and three over their last ten. The Colorado Rockies are in first place by a game and a half. Yeah, and it's, and it's really been you know the pitching finally has has they've they've had great not great but they've had serviceable pitching to go with the bats that they usually have and and uh, they've got some guys that could finally pitch in Coors Field that can 
throw hard and use slide. They've had a lot of guys that throw sliders and are just, uh, you know, Greg Holland was a great pickup as, as their closer. He's got a lot of young pitchers. So, I don't know. I, I, I think the the Dodgers get get their whole rotation healthy. They'll probably end up on top. But And, and the Diamondbacks are a dark horse, but the Rockies are a fun story. I think you, you're going to see them keep getting getting attention if they play like this. Is there anything else you would like to say on any subject related to baseball? Um, I think I've said my piece. Is there anything else you'd like to say on an, on on any subject in general? <laughs> no, just wanted to say I've had a great time talking baseball with you. <laughs> <laughs> you're not giving your dog a shout out you're not giving your wife a shout out come on TJ you're better than this <laughs> I'm all zoned in you are clearly all zoned in well folks that is TJ Harrigan the fantasy baseball editor for MLB.com and that's today's teaming up with Jeremy Shine. we have a great lineup of shows over the next two weeks or actually three weeks leading up through the US Open so stick with us TJ Thanks. I appreciate it for all of you. Have a great night, everybody. Take care.